Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Mike McPeak, and with me today is Jeff Sire. Hello, everybody. And Julie Keel. Hi, everyone. And uh, on this uh, episode, we're going to do the 2006 movie Children of Men. In 2027, in a chaotic world in which women have become somehow infertile, a former activist agrees to help transport a miraculously pregnant woman to a sanctuary city. Uh, okay, I, I guess we need to. Th- we haven't really discussed how we feel uh, thought about this movie. I thought it was interesting. And it's one of those movies that you have to kind of, they leave you at the end and you need to figure out where to go from there. Um, okay. I, I liked it. It was easy enough to follow, but yeah, it was. They don't leave you at the end. Kind of they kick your ass out the door and <laughs> say, good luck, folks. <laughs> yeah, it was, let's call it an abrupt ending. Yeah, that was a completely unsatisfactory <laughs> ending, in my opinion. Oh, my God. It was I, a good I ending. I've seen it a bunch of times. I, I, I do, too. I, I like the movie, too. Yeah. But the ending does make you go, what? You know, it's just this, this stop, you know, full stop. I, I just. I do want to say something about the description from IMDb, and it says where, uh, where, yeah, is it? where, yeah, I, okay. where women right. have become somehow infertile. This is from a book, and I don't know if they necessarily say what happened in the movie, but I know the book makes it very clear that uh, in, I think it's like 1997, men's sperm counts dropped to zero. So this is not a chick problem i noticed that like too a, in the this description. Is a humanity problem that's caused by a problem that is with men not with women right yeah no i noticed that well, too because uh, even the the but even the uh movie i mean if the if the movie wants to blame it on the women even in the movie they're like well who in the hell was a father indicating that this was a joint problem that somehow this one incident had you know, miracle, call it, if you want to call it, had happened. They yeah. weren't blaming well, one gender or the other. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that the IMDb well, really thing makes it look like it's a... I know. You know I noticed that, too, when Mike was reading yeah. it. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. This was not just women. This was everybody. Well, and I, I read the backstory on this, and that the book went... Uh, the, it went through a couple of rewrites from the book to the movie, yeah, and they flipped it from, in the book, it was the men and to the in the movie they flipped it to the women um and i'm trying to remember now but i think in the book it was um the uh, guy's wife um the main character's wife was the one that was pregnant here she spoiler people get used to it um she was shot and but there's this other woman that was pregnant uh so they kind of changed it from the book uh, to the movie, but the author was, you know, okay with what they did. Yeah, you know, one of the things I really, really, okay, first off, let's just say, this is sci-fi tech talk, there's zero, well, virtually zero tech in this movie. That doesn't mean it's bad sci-fi, though. Um, no, it's, it's, no, it's very good. pretty good sci-fi. Um, I, one of the things I really liked about this movie, and especially now that you tell me it, it varied from the book, is that the, I was going to use the term messiah, you know, the, whatever, of the human race, was somebody that, you know, okay, I can't stop. There is this whole religious analogy. The Virgin Mary in the show was like, you know, Mary of Bethlehem, who was not what everybody has, you know, 
had in the Sunday school photographs or whatever. She probably was somebody you wouldn't have given two cents to on the street corner that nobody paid attention to, that everybody, you know, the 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 lower half of society that nobody would ever thought would amount to anything. And the, and the gal in this movie, too, was the same thing. It was just just another person, not not anybody's wife, not anybody's... Yeah. You know, whatever. It's just one of those faces that you're, you know, would like to. Well, at least half of America would like to eliminate. So, and, and they they seem to take and make an attempt to try and keep her generic. Uh, they didn't really make any. They made very little attempt to uh, flesh her out as a person yep. or give her much of a backstory. They just seem to kind of want to make her. Like you say, like the most unexpected person. Yep. Um, Vanilla. Yeah. Van- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact that she was black. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but she, it really, I thought it was excellent. She was also, she was not mean or bitchy or nerd. I mean, she didn't have a chip on no. her shoulder. She had an attitude, but she didn't, it wasn't in your face all the time. Um, she could take care of herself, but she needed help. I mean, the I th- the character, uh, Key was her name, um, was, I thought, really, like, brilliantly done. They picked, yeah. uh, and yeah. like, like you say, she was not well fleshed out. So you could bring your own, you know, story to her however you yeah. wanted. Um, but she, They she, didn't give you the impression that she was weak. Nope. But they didn't give you the impression that she was gonna do. She was out to do this on her own, like you said. Like she, she was somebody that you was was made to be sympathetic because of her situation, and you wanted to see people help her. Right. Yeah. And so it's it was. Um, I thought I thought that part of it was really interesting um, because it, and she she while she was the primary character in the story. Sort of. She wasn't the well, primary the character from... in the story. Yeah. Well, it, but the story's told yeah, she... through Clive Owen's right. eyes. Like, right. Uh, That's yeah. what I mean. She is. Right. She is the center of the right. story, but it's not told through her. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, and then the uh, you know you were talking about the uh, religious stuff. Uh, you know there was uh, uh, there was certain symbol uh, Christian symbolism in here because the British terrorists were called fishes. Uh, it opened on Christmas Day, uh, and there, there's uh, you know some uh, the characters of Theo and Key. There were some similarities between you know Joseph and Mary, calling it a modern day nativity story. Right. And I can't remember which Bible verse they took the the, uh, the children of men from, but it, that's a reference to uh, oh uh, Psalm ninety. Is that right? I'm I'm looking over notes here, but yeah, yeah it's taken from Bible verses. So there was some obvious religious thought or symbolism going on right because honestly well i guess i hadn't put enough thought into that whole parallel there is a whole parallel there too the whole refugee status you know all of that kind of stuff with exporting whatever i will say one thing personally this was a damn interesting movie having come back from england like two weeks ago um (laughs) or i guess it's a month ago at this point you're sitting there going I know that place. I know that bus. That is exactly what buses look like. (laughs) So, yeah, that was was kind of interesting. There's a few, uh, like when I was watching it, because I hadn't seen it for several years anyways, and when I was watching it this time, I was 
thinking about like how everything's working and I didn't understand like what the deal why were they why did they hate these refugees so much have you been to and Britain then, well oh, it's okay I okay I understand that part of it but like you, you got to figure like when um, if all if all uh, births stop you're you're going to need more people to make up that slack as people as time goes by and people start dying off and when I looked at the source material like the stuff that I read about the book it kind of it was very it it, it explained it far better in that they needed they had a labor shortage because they were running out of people so they started to take immigrants in to do this to do to fill up the the gap but they didn't want to have them die there so in the book the idea was that immigrants could come in they would work and do all these jobs but then they would send them back to the to uh continental europe when they hit i think it was 50 or 60 or something like that so more or less your past your working age and that was the whole like so these people were essentially slave labor until they could get rid of them hmm. that was yeah that was the one thing that was unclear to me and i really should have gone back and rewatch the beginning as far as I do remember seeing some billboards, something about, you know, uh, this vague memory of the rest of the world's gone to hell, but Britain is soldiering on, you know, and um, I don't know. One of the things that frustrated me with this movie was I did not feel like I got enough background on the environment, the, the, you know, the economy of what was going on in the wider world. I mean, you got enough to understand the story. But that was about it. it. It was very minimal as far as you understood that everybody on the planet was uh, sterile, that the youngest person was 18 years old, but he'd just been killed, and Britain had a refugee problem. That's all you really got out of it, at least me. So well, Yeah, and that that was a conscious choice by the director, uh, Alfonso Caron, because right. uh, he said he's kind of frustrated, uh, and maybe he took it to an extreme, but he said he's kind of frustrated with these movies where you get spoon-fed everything. He wanted the the author of the movie to have to sit there and speculate and think a little bit and maybe come to your own conclusions. Now, a little bit more maybe would have helped, and I don't think would have spoiled his vision necessarily. But yeah, there are a few times. It took a little while to kind of get into the swing of the movie and kind of get your head wrapped around. Of course, there's a lot of books. I'm, I try, started out reading a lot of science fiction books, and you feel lost, yeah. and then it takes you a while for you to get your feet under yourself. Yeah, that that is true, especially when you're... The difference is, is that some of the, the sci-fi that we've dealt with they are building completely different universes. This is yeah. like 10 years into our future. This shouldn't be that unfamiliar. So I, 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 I think that I, I kind of I agree with Alfonso that, yeah, we don't necessarily need to be spoon-fed everything. Um, and to some extent, the fact that we weren't did not diminish this movie in any way, shape, or form. It just—you're right. It leaves you with questions as far as what the hell is going on out there. You know, what 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 was the rest of the world, and why is this just a ship, that you know, a sanctuary ship? Well, yeah, and what is the Tomorrow Project? Yeah. Like they never really say, or the Human, Human Project, Project ship. Yeah, yeah, ship. yeah, they never really explain. Like, I have not read the book, so maybe that's a bigger issue in the book as to what they're doing. Uh, or maybe this isn't the only birth. Maybe they've been managing the other births or something. Yeah, I, you don't. Again, 
a lot of questions. Well, so. and if if it wasn't for IMDb trivia, uh, you know, this movie almost makes you want to go back and look at details. And I think I did notice something. I can't remember what it was, but you know, in the IMDb trivia here, there's all sorts of newspaper headlines throughout the movie. Uh, things like Africa devastated by nuclear fallout, U.S. troops full attack, um, world's oil sub- bombing a Saudi pipeline disrupts oil pipeline. There's like uh, 20, 30 different headlines here. I'm not going to read them all, but there's different things in there that give you little clues, but you've got to be looking for the lens in the movie to try and piece some of this together. And one thought I had, I mean, and this is, it, you know, again, maybe Alfonso did exactly what we wanted to because we could sit here and speculate. Okay, if no babies were born starting right now, what would that do to the economy? You know, 20 <laughs> years later, you know, you would not need yeah. teachers, you uh-huh. would not need daycare, you would not need, you know, so certain industries would just disappear, you know, slowly, they'd be, they'd peel back, you know, you wouldn't need any kindergartners, then you wouldn't need any first grade teachers and that kind of stuff. Um, well, just, just think, just one, one part of that, just think of being in a country where there's a declining population. Like in the Western world, the number one mechanism for people to uh, accumulate wealth is homes. Mm -hmm. Homes just in every Western country just go up in value over time. Now, if you're in a place where there's a declining population, it's just supply and demand, you're going to have more homes than you have people. If, If that one thing changed, you just think what would happen in a society where all of a sudden homes are worth less year after year that changes everything and that just that's just one thing not to mention like you said of like all of a sudden we don't need teachers and we don't need these other things like that is a huge huge society changing thing if all of a sudden homes decline in value instead of gaining value right yeah all all of a sudden the majority of people their retirements are in jeopardy Right, and so, yeah, and in it, twenty years is basically what they're talking here. I mean, they were, they were saying the youngest person was like eighteen years old. So, you're you're talking about an eighteen year span to watch all of that take place. Um, so, it's yeah, it would happen gradually, but I suspect eighteen years later, yeah, it would be pretty much a shitstorm. Yeah. Yeah. See, like. <laughs> Well, it, it would happen gradually, yes and no, in that, you know, like 18 years. But you think if you just said, oh, over the course of 18 years, we no longer need any teachers right. at all from like yeah. junior kindergarten to uh, High, higher ed. Yeah. Like that's a mad like for, right. for that to happen in 18 years is yep. enormous. Yeah. And and. Mike, Mike, you work for a school. Um, a lot of small communities yeah. in rural America <laughs> oh, and everywhere, yeah. the school is often the major employer. Um, so, oh, certainly. Yeah, so it's... Well, I mean, even even here, I mean, you know, vagaries of different things, because we have, like, uh, we have some really small class sizes, and then there'll be something, like, uh, a few years ago, uh, we had the children from the blizzard of 96, 97, which was hellacious down here. A lot of people snowed in, not much to do, population boom, so then we had some big classes come along, so just vagaries like that, 
will kind of wreak havoc with the school system. When you just start losing kids all together, yeah, then small towns, um, you know, and then fewer people to work the land. Uh, you know, are people going to have to start moving out of the city to help farm? You know, how does it turns everything on its ear, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. And, and you know, again, Alfonso achieved his objective because a person could think about that right there for a long time. Um, so, but And none of that is really given, I mean, you're given little to no information on that transition or what the wider world looks like. And, I mean, basically this movie takes place between... It appeared to me London and Dover. I mean, literally. Yeah. They right. were in London. Right. They went to Canterbury. They went to the sea. That I took that trip. <laughs> it's not very long. Um, no. So. Well, and then what's what I'm thinking about too is this being said in England. You guys have been there. I haven't. Um, is England self-sufficient enough in agriculture? No. To you know support. <laughs> no. Okay. So then that would turn things on us here, too. And like I say, a declining population are more, and they didn't show it, but are more people moving out into the country to work the farms, provide food? Um, they must be getting food from the outside. They'll take their food, not their people. Uh, no, you start thinking about that. That brings up a whole, and like I say, I think he's achieved his uh, vision here of we are sitting here talking about things that aren't in the movie because now we're speculating. Right. The movie ending, yeah, left us a little frustrated, but I think he did achieve what he wanted because now we're discussing what happens if this happens. I, I, I Personally, I didn't find the ending frustrating. I like stuff like that where it, it uh, sets it up and you, like this story is now complete and it leaves it up to you to imagine where it would go from here. I don't mind that. I know some people you know, obviously don't like that, but I, I like that kind of thing. It was a. I think maybe it was because I don't. I would have loved the ending if I knew more about this human project. I had no idea yeah. this this ship showed up. You didn't know if these were pirates or you know the sanctuary ship. I mean, it was well. You did know it was the right people because you saw the name of the ship was Tomorrow. Right. So you knew you knew this was who she was expecting. It wasn't just some other random ship showed up and was right. picking her up. True. So. You're right, though, that you didn't know where the story was going to go from here because they totally left. You know what the what the tomorrow project or future project or whatever it was, um, what that consisted of, and what even what their goals were, or what they did, or you didn't yeah. know anything about them. Um, but you knew this was them, right? So. Yes, yeah, and it, and it's kind of like the. It's kind of like the movie Passengers, where they had that same kind of ending. The last scene is they walk onto the ship, and there's the children of these uh, two people on there. You don't get, you know, much of anything there. It's just like here's the ending. Okay, you know, and that's and I, I guess I'm not dissatisfied with this movie, but like I say, slightly frustrating that we don't get a little bit more about the human project. I mean, um, 
And let me just have to us to speculate too. Are they taking these people, putting them in cages, and trying to breed them like animals to bring back, or you know, they ca- uh, kind, caring people that will nurture these children and you know try to keep the human race alive? You know, you could see it going to either extremes. People so desperate to keep the human race going that they uh, go to the extremes of you know breeding programs and controlled environments to make sure the uh, uh, results are achieved because obviously the end justifies the means, or you know, and like I say that's up to us to speculate and see where I guess it would where we think it would go. Right. And and given the organization, can we call it that 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 had gotten them to that point in the first place? That's that's why this whole trust of the the great good ship tomorrow to you know save humanity is a little uncertain. I mean, you had Jax Teller as part of the, uh, the uh, yeah, it, it had been long enough since I saw this that I didn't know he was in it, and there was somebody. Oh, Chui, uh, Shuitel Ejifor. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the last time I saw it, I didn't. That, this was probably the first time I'd ever seen him, and I didn't remember he was in it. So, yeah, it was a couple familiar faces, and it, you're right. It was kind of prior to them being more familiar faces, but yeah, you know the 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 organization that had. Uh, Sleeper, I don't know what you want to call it, um, that had gotten them to that point was apparently, you know, double-sided and not to be trusted itself, even though it achieved the objective that they had set out to do, sort of. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I think to me the, the most frustrating part about the movie was you didn't know, they were running to this sanctuary that you didn't quite know enough about to trust that it was a sanctuary you know so but the other net the story itself the 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 how it went down as far as um it was a little confusing because if society breaks down completely this guy apparently had a job you know and he was going he was getting coffee at greg's in the morning and you know had a terrorist bomb go off and he had to report to the ministry of something or other, I can't remember, and, um, you know, asked for the rest of the day off as everybody in the place was suffering from the trauma of that event. And he had been there. Um, so, you know, the trauma multi times over. But it did seem to be like, you know, normal London office job. Whereas the rest of the well, society was, was to, like utter, like Mad Max. Well, I was going to say, again, you guys have been to England. You know more about it. Uh, would this be some sort of nod to like British uh, stoicism where totally. you know, the world yep. may be going to hell, but we're going to have tea yeah. at four o'clock or whatever yeah. it is? Yep. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely so, got that feel out of it. So I, I think this is just their attempt that, you know, and this, they may have done nothing there at the Ministry of Energy, uh, and again, that's kind of a, uh, I, in the trivia, they thought that was sort of a nod to 1984, because you had ministries of everything, but uh, this may have been, it may have been completely useless, but you had people there doing things to try and keep some sort of normalcy to society, to a society that's slowly dying, well, um, and maybe that's the only way they could do it. There had to be some functioning government. Because not yeah. only was that ministry oh, yeah. in place, so was the transit one. You had to have papers. You know, that was the big thing, is that they needed help acquiring these papers. 
so that they could travel to the coast and catch this boat. Um, and so they were calling in favors to do that. So there was some sort of functioning government, but, you know, it was kind of a pseudo-military one, too. Maybe it was, you know, you had the bureaucrats um, doing everything necessary, but the military was the one enforcing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting mix of the two. You really did kind of get uh, but, uh, a bit of whiplash between, you know, um, keep calm and carry on to, you know, take cover, get to the chopper if you want to live type of thing. Speaking no, of which, yeah. Michael Caine is the best hippie I've seen in ages. Uh, Michael yeah. Caine's awesome. <laughs> that was that was, was brilliant. Gonna, yeah, I was just going to say something about the... I was just going to say something about the hippie, uh, the dope smoker out in the woods there, and you brought up, brought him up. But yeah, and I think uh, again trivia. They said he based his performance on John Lennon. So um, nice. Uh, yeah, he met him once or twice, and I think he just kind of fell into that role. And yeah, and he was just like kind of like real cool and awesome. Yeah, it it was it was complete. I mean, I have to admit, I've watched so many movies recently where Michael Caine's been in it. It's like he's in everything. He's just in everything, apparently. But um, he was really good in this one, I thought. Um, and it was a bit of a, a different type of character for him. Um, he, he, yeah, he truly was the, you know, the hippy dippy trippy, out in the woods, out in his, you know, <laughs> weed patch, um, and with, yeah. with a bunch of connections that really wound up being uh, pivotal to the story. Well, yeah, we, but then uh, he also played that character was pulled my finger. I know that was great. <laughs> oh dear! Have we mentioned the um, suicide kits that they used? No. They're like, like you said, there oh. wasn't a whole lot of uh, uh, tech in this, but like that would be another thing. Like if you had declining populations, and like you know, I think you would take on this fatalistic view, and uh, I think you wouldn't there's a good chance you wouldn't want to be the last one to left to turn out the lights sort of thing. So yeah, they had developed these suicide kits that you look, they didn't show where you bought them, but it certainly looked like something you could just buy at a Walmart and, you know, take home and drink this, this thing. And, uh, and that was it. Is that what he had next yeah. to him when, when uh, Michael came? Yes. Okay. Uh, that makes and, sense and now. He said like, he obviously knew that he was going to, he was going to die. Right. So when they took off and they were watching from the hill as everybody came, yep. they went inside and they came and you could see the open box was there and they came out and they said, Oh, there's nothing inside, but this guy and a dead woman. So he had already killed his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you could, you, you, everybody could see that coming. Why? And why would you stay and watch that? I mean, I'm sorry. That was, that was a scene that I was like, no, when you pulled away, you know what was going to happen, and and yeah. that's the kind of stuff that you do not have to see. Well, I but I think that was, um, that was a plot thing for us so that we could see it. Yeah, because we had never been. Uh, none of those other characters had been point of view characters. We the camera stuck with Clive Owen through the whole thing. And it would have been really weird to stay. And I think they wanted to give you closure so you could see what happened there. I think they really wanted to cement, no, these are the bad guys. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, that, that no, definitely I think did also it. The, 
Well, and also to drive the point home, the sacrifices being made to try and get this, you know, this potential, at that point, potential child, uh, you know, free to continue the human race. That's a good point. Yeah. Speaking of lack of tech, but a bit of tech in the filmmaking. Okay, the birth scene and the baby itself—that was a pretty impressive CGI or whatever. Because that's... I had to go back and I—I I had to go back and look it up because I thought, did she actually make that sort of commitment to the movie and actually gave birth? But no, it was CGI. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was semi convinced there. For I had to actually rewind it and go back and went. Okay, what am I seeing here? Because it looked pretty real, but no CGI. Yeah, no, I've you, know, I, you could almost even tell a, the baby was CGI because it just wasn't quite right yet. Close, but not quite. So, well, hang on. Yeah. The the what you guys saw, you actually saw the birth. Like yep. You, oh. Yep. Okay, the one that I watched. It's like, come shooting out. It was like. It was kind of over her shoulder. You you saw he he was talking you through it like oh I can see the head and all that but you never saw. Oh uh, yeah. That that well I, you didn't get a full on nope. shot but no it was pretty close to no. full on shot you know. Oh. It was like it was like a hair hair catch moment. Uh, yeah. Know, uh, umbilical cord and that stuff. So okay, there's a possibility yeah, like that I, said, I was out of the room getting something to eat or something. Like that. Oh was sure. Going, but, yeah no I I did not see that. Yeah, no. T- it, it was actually, only about it was only about ten seconds, so you know, it wasn't really long, but yeah. Yeah, it it actually kind of stuck out for me because that is there are a number of ways that that you know birth scenes are filmed because yeah. you can't have people given birth on demand, you know. Sure. Um, <laughs> and so most of the time, like you say, it's over the shoulder, you know draping and all the other types of things but this one was pretty pretty you know right in there baby was right in there all the things so yeah i mean yeah it was kind of i don't want to call it breakthrough but it was certainly a different way of showing that than i had seen pretty much anywhere else so yay i mean nice well i wondered and i I couldn't well you, you read the um the trivia, Mike, so you might have come across this, but I sure. wondered if she was actually pregnant while they were filming it because the scene where they showed her and she, she pulled her, she undid yeah. her dress so you could see it, like, that didn't look like that was CGI. That looked like she was standing there pregnant. I was wondering. I didn't find anything about it in there because, I, you know, again, I... I saw she looked pregnant, and I, you know, the prosthetics are pretty good because they put fake noses on. You can't tell, so I suppose you can put a fake belly on and make it look real. And you, could, you know, might not have seen straps and back holding it on or something if you cover it because it was only from the front. No, right? Yeah, they it was did a only full from the front. Three sixty around her. No, it was mostly from the front. They might, they might have, but there's ways that you could piece that together. I mean, you could have. Well, that's that's yeah. true too, right? Um, and there was CGI used in this movie. Uh, but, yeah, I was convinced enough that, hey, this actress really, you know, took one for the team for this movie. But, uh, you know, I got sucked in by it. And so I, I think, uh, and, like, again, no mention if she was really pregnant because I was kind of wondering about it. I didn't see anything. So I'm going to chalk it all up to CGI. And then, you know, as long as we're kind of talking about the filmmaking part, too, uh, some of those battle scenes in there um, I thought was – reasonably impressive and then reading the trivia too um it looks like one big take it wasn't quite 
they had to kind of piece a few together, but they tried to make it look like one continuous shot of all of that. Say, so, speaking of which, at, in the battle, in the final battle, um, the baby's crying. And basically, that's, that starts a minor ceasefire, and she's, they're walking through, and everybody's you know, standing in awe and whatever. And then an RPG goes off, and it all picks up again. But yeah. in, in that scene, I mean, like, hundreds of people saw a baby. And then they disappear for, for into the, the fog. the first time in yeah. 18 but, years. Yeah. But then they disappear into the fog, right? Into the sea. Yeah. Wait a minute. You have a hundred witnesses out there knowing that there is a child on the planet. Where does that go? That doesn't just get forgotten. Yeah. You have. No. You now have. You know, again. Uh, again, that's one of those things. What do you, uh, as a watch as a viewer of the movie? What do you want to? Uh, where do you want that to go? Do they? see that there might be hope yet and instead of killing each other off because all is lost do they does hope take root and slowly society starts to come back from the brink um yeah I, and you know the other thing too is that they saw this baby there's hope but let's go back to killing each other again right and, you know, and and don't forget that the youngest person on the planet prior to that was killed <laughs> you know because he refused to yeah. sign an autograph um, you know, so the whole hope for humanity thing, I mean, you saw the the point of the movie was basically the fight over this pregnant woman um, and all of the people that died just to get her to this boat. Well, I'm good luck boat because you're going to have to <laughs> fight off the rest of the world forever trying to keep this youngest person on the planet now, even though it's, you know, a fresh new youngest person on the planet, unless suddenly you know, people start having more, I mean, like, quantities of babies. You know, not just a handful here and there. I mean, like, you know, lots of babies. Uh, because otherwise they're just too big, right. big of celebrities, too big of, of too valuable of uh, collateral. Um, well, just the up. fact that you would have to have a gap of almost 20 years. Like, if all of a sudden, yep. you know, just overnight it changes and people can have babies again, just to have a gap of 20 years be, with no children like yeah. just imagine the impact that that would have on world population <laughs> yeah no plus plus what it i mean you talk about the societal uh i don't have a word here because you know the the 20 years of downhill with no babies and then yeah. to have to ramp that up again you know the well the, no babies no babies, wars, famines, fallout, you know, whatever. People are killing, still killing each other with no replacements. So, and no mention was ever made, but where does that put the world population? Are they down to a billion or less? Have they killed off? Have three-fourths of the population died between natural death and man-made? Yeah, in death? 20 years. That would be interesting because I don't know the statistics, but I know it's a large proportion of the world population is like under the age of... 20 you know like half the oh, world yeah. is kids you know so if half the world isn't doesn't exist then you know what happens so yeah no, nothing good nothing good yeah good point <laughs> nothing good it is like i say there, there's well, little to no tech in this movie there's little to no current tech in this movie i mean we're not even talking about cell phones here you know 
Um, there, there's very hmm. little. There's. I didn't even think about uh, that. Yeah, but like, because this movie was made in 2006, it is kind of weird that nobody had cell phones. Yeah, there, there's, there's not even, there's so little tech of any sort. I mean, weapons would be about the only tech, and you know, jump-starting cars, um, which I thought was a brilliant scene. I loved that scene. The fact that they were trying to escape and none of the frickin' cars would work. And I'm like, that is so totally how that goes down. You know, you have a brilliant plan and then yeah, it goes I, to hell. <clears throat> yeah. And then you're, you've got to jumpstart the car by um, pushing it and popping the clutch. Yeah. That, uh, uh, you know, apparently they don't have automatic or they, thankfully they didn't have no automatic transmission because that doesn't work. But they couldn't do it on the muddy slopes because when you pop the clutch, the wheels would just slide. You needed to get out on the pavement so you had the traction to engage the tires so you could get the engine to pop and take off. Yeah. And so you're pushing the car. And there's people chasing you with guns, and the fact that they didn't want to kill the pregnant lady is the only thing getting you, uh, keeping you from getting shot to th- uh, shreds. So, uh, yeah, that whole thing there. Um, and there was a little bit of – I did see in the movie, I did see like a flat-screen TV. And, again, thanks to the trivia, I missed it. But somewhere in there, I think they said there was a 20th anniversary Mac in there somewhere. Really? I think in uh, Michael Caine's house. That would I make think sense. So. Uh, but, yeah, the tech was – yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, because the hippie would have a uh, uh, Mac. But, right. uh, yeah. um, and the, the only other thing that was tech-like that I actually noticed was when they were in the art museum, this guy was uh, had these uh, things attached to his fingers and was staring at a uh, – look like a um, – um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cube almost. Hologram. That's right. Cube. Yeah. I forgot about and that play, little piece. It looked like a game, sort of a, a – yeah, a little Connect Four like thing where he's just using his fingers like there's wires attached, so your finger movements uh, you can do that. Uh, but that was the only thing that uh, is even what you might call futuristic tech because I don't think we have anything quite you know like that now. So that was about the only bit. Yeah, I like think a... the point of that scene was to emphasize that this these people are incredibly rich, like they're the the top of the whole you know British you know country. Right. Uh, and because no, you never ever saw that anywhere else. And this kid who's just, you know, looks like a spoiled brat or whatever, um, is playing with this toy. Oblivious to everything going on around him. Yeah. That's a statement right there. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and at the art museum, um, did you guys happen to notice the pig floating out? Yeah. What was up with that? Yeah. Um, I that thought that was, was uh, Pink Floyd. That was, um, yeah, yep. Pink Floyd from the Animals. Um, yeah, uh, their Animals album, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so there, uh, the way I understood, this place was trying to preserve art. Well, not again, thanks to trivia, not from the movie itself, but they were trying to preserve art from around the world, and uh, so they had the pig from Pink Floyd. So Perry. Apparently that becomes a cultural icon uh, at some point. But then they also had the bust of David with the uh, mechanical limb in there. And uh, uh, again, that was one of those things. I think they had the full statue in there, but then they saw something somewhere about um, mechanical. Anyway, they made the decision that, hey, you know, let's have it have a mechanical leg. It looked like a robotic leg supporting it there just to say that, you know, uh, culture 
we're trying to make do with the culture we have. Let's just put an artificial leg on there so we can keep the statue of David, even though he lost his real leg or you know something like that. There were some statements being made in about different things. And again, it's one of those things. If you go back and study it, and you know something about what's going on, some of that kind of makes sense. There is a little depth to this movie if you want to dig in the background. I think. Right. I th- I do think it's the kind of movie that if you watched it more than once. <laughs> you'd probably pick up on a lot of little details like that. Um, and, and I think it might be worthy of a second watch, to be honest, uh, because there's, a, um, you know, trying to figure out what's going on in the wider world. At the beginning of the movie, you weren't really focused on that. You know, you, you kind of picked up on it, but you were kind of trying to figure out who the character was, not the world they were living in. So, um, yeah, I think it, this one could actually... You know, benefit from a second watching. Well, especially like with a checklist for you. Go, oh yeah, I see that one and that one. <laughs> right. you know, and just so you can kind of see it in there, so then it makes sense. Yeah. I like movies like this um, because they make you think. Not uh, there. It's a good story and everything, but it really kind of makes you think about the way you view children and, and the way you view the world and yeah, yeah it's very thought provoking yeah I, I don't get me wrong I do like this movie a lot um, the, my problems with the ending is just simply because I didn't have enough information about the context of whether that was a good ending or a bad one you know <laughs> do they live happily ever after or not and you know again to, to Alfonso's point you know objective achieved you know make me think about it for a while so yeah no i like this this movie i and i honestly think it's i I remember thinking as i was watching and going yeah this could all happen (laughs) this is not yeah that far off in the fiction land um so well one good pant one good pandemic and, you know, a few people with itchy trigger fingers. Yeah, I mean, not to scare or ruin anybody's day, but, you know, the possibilities are there. And we just have to kind of, you know, as human beings, we kind of have to make sure that this kind of stuff doesn't happen and that we take precautions. Well, we we're actually at the 100-year anniversary of the big Spanish flu epidemic that wiped out yeah. what a quarter of the population or something like that. So, no, it wasn't that much. I think it was thirty million people. Thirty million people. That's well. So it was on... a lot. Like it's almost as many as well, died for one. So. It was well. It was interesting because you, when you mentioned that, when I came back from England, one of the things that I was kind of striking to me is how much more um, England talks about World War One. In America, we don't talk about it much at all. It's World War Two that gets all the attention. And just a little bit of research, not a lot, so somebody can correct me here, but one of the reasons is, is because we got into world, the U.S. got into the World War II very late in the game, and basically we were still shipping people overseas when it ended, and half the people that died in World War I from the U.S. died of Spanish flu. Um, <laughs> it was, they never saw the battlefield. So, um, you know, that's when all of your, you send off all your soldiers and all they do is die of disease before they even arrive. No wonder we don't have a lot of monuments to the, the sacrifices made in the war. Oh. You know. uh, resulted, it resulted in the deaths of 50 to 100 million people, mm. between 3 to 5% of the world's population. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. So we could, you know, another pandemic like that, and who knows what would happen. 
Well, Ian, like I say, you know, it makes you, <clears throat> if nothing else, this makes this movie makes you think about, you know, what could be, and you know, may, and we should be thinking about what we are currently doing and different things, uh, and you know, as society, just think about, and you know, if we argue amongst ourselves about different things, uh, you know, a lot of political stuff that I'm not even going to touch but uh you know because one side is completely right about something the other side is completely right about the same damn thing um but you know at some point we need to try to set our differences aside enough to try and preserve society so we don't end up with a complete crap storm you know on this planet how that's achieved it's going to take a smarter man than me to figure that one out yeah but um well, okay, so I guess at this point it's kind of pointless to ask if there's any tech in there unless you guys want the, the finger thing or maybe a giant pig or, I mean... Uh, or their tiny little car that you could start by popping mm-hmm. the clutch. Those are cute. They're all uh, over the place, yes, too. They're so cute. I'll, I'll take his little Rubik's Cube toy. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm a gadget geek. I would go for something like that. Um Okay, well, um, I guess then at that point that wraps up this episode. Aside, unless you guys had some parting thoughts here, but um, no, not me. Yeah, no. Like I say, I do think it's okay. a. Good, it, I mean, it can be a frustrating movie, but it, it that doesn't mean it's not a good movie. So I do. I right. give this a thumbs up. I, I did like this movie. Yeah, it's not frustrating and uh, hard to be God terms um that, that, <laughs> oh, that movie of which we shall not speak yeah no uh that was a whole different kind of hell but okay um so that wraps up this episode of sci-fi tech talk you can check us out at sci-fi tech talk.com or follow us on twitter at sci-fi tech talk if you have any ideas or comments please send them to greetings at sci-fi tech talk.com and reviews and itunes are always welcome so julie where can people find out about you I can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L. And links to the other blogs, podcasts, and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. And Jeff, where can people find out about you? People can follow me on Twitter if they want to see ramblings of a semi-insane person at Bronco Sire, S-Y-E-R. And if people want to know about what I think, and God help you if you do, uh, you can find me on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak, that's M-C-P-E-E-K. And next episode, we'll be covering the 2014 movie, The Giver. In a seemingly perfectly community without war, pain, suffering, difference, or choice, a young boy is chosen to learn from an elderly man about the true pain and pleasure of the real world. So the complete opposite of what we just watched today. But that's it for this show, and we'll see you in the future.